This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading for this weekend is taken from one of the strangest books in the Bible, the book of Kohaleth. It's known in older Bibles as the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, I say the book is strange because it has almost nothing nice to say. It's not at all what you'd expect from a biblical book. It's a very dark, very pessimistic view on life. It's the work of an old man. So Kohala, that's the name that he goes by. It just means the kind of the churchman or the assemblyman. But He describes himself as an old man who has seen it all, done it all, experienced it all. And he comes out with this word of wisdom, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. The scholars tell us the Hebrew behind that is something like air or bubble. (laughs) It just means... Everything is is insubstantial. Kohalith has had wealth. He's had power. He's had pleasure. He's had material goods. He's had knowledge. Mind you, there's a tradition that says that Kohalith is Solomon himself. King Solomon, the end of his life, looking back at his long career. Well, think of someone like Solomon, who was known for his wisdom as well as his wealth and power and so on. So Kohalus had all this, and yet he concludes, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. Sun comes up, sun goes down again. All is vanity. Some have rendered that phrase as a chase after wind. You know, evanescent, passing, insubstantial, like a bubble. You know, by the way, one of the most famous passages in the whole Bible is from the book of Kohaleth, the one that's in that uh, song by the birds, you know, to everything there's a season, to everything turn, 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 there is a season. Uh, there's time for war, a time for peace, a time for love, a time for hate, a time for gathering, a time for scattering. And people say it was a very poetic line, but see, think about that passage. It's reflective of this man's rather dismal consciousness. Things come, things go, there's this, there's that. And we don't really get anywhere. That's very much in line with Kohala's point of view. Now, the passage for today, it's a very brief section. I would urge you, by the way, to read this book when you have a chance. It's not very long. You can read it easily in one sitting. But the passage for today includes this curmudgeonly observation. Here's one who's labored with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and yet to another who has not labored over it, he must leave his property. I wonder how many older people feel that way. Is here I've spent my whole life laboring away, using my clever mind and using all my powers and everything. And now at the end, 
I'm going to pass away and I'll leave all this to some ne'er-do-well. Some stupid ne'er-do-well who's never done a day's work in his life and he's going to get my property. Things come, things go. What's life all about at the end of the day? Not much. I mean, that's the kind of despairing point of view of Kohaleth. Everything, animals, plants, mountains, the sun, the planets, ourselves, none of it lasts forever. All of it is eventually swallowed up. You know, young people often don't fully realize this, but old folks do. Old folks uh, resonate very much with Kohaleth. The young with their beautiful bodies at the height of their strength, full of ambition, full of the future, they, they don't understand this. They can be seduced into thinking that this world is it. But Kohaleth knows better. Now, if I can put it in terms of a pithy spiritual lesson, here's what he knows. Who you are is always more important than what you have. Let me say that again. I think it's the distillation of the spiritual wisdom here. Why this book, with all of its despair, is in the Bible. Who you are is always more important than what you have. Why? For who you are will last forever. What you have will fade away. Gosh, the Bible tells us this this story over and over again. Who you are is a matter of your moral and spiritual character. It's a matter, if you want, of the soul. It's a matter of how you stand before God. See, friends, the soul lasts forever, who you are. But what you have, honors, wealth, connections, titles, degrees, all that will fade away. Another way to put this, who you are, you will take into the next life. What you have will be left behind. Kohaleth is telling us this deep and abiding truth that possessions are ultimately vanity. They're a chase after the wind. Now, the gospel parable that Jesus tells is making much the same point. Jesus effectively mocks the man who relied on his possessions to give him security and to give him joy. He tells a story about this man who is already very wealthy. Mind you, in the ancient world, these people were very rare. It's just the very tip-top of society who found very wealthy people. Wealth had not been distributed the way it has in, in more modern societies. So this man's very wealthy. And, and his wealth has just increased. He's had a good harvest. So what does he do? He resolves to tear down the barns he has and build bigger ones. Read this now in 21st century terms as get a bigger bank account, have a more creative and and wide-ranging investment portfolio, tear down the old barns and build new ones. Then this devastating assessment on the part of the rich man. Listen, as for me, I've got many good things stored up for many years. And so rest, eat, drink, and be merry. See, there it is. 
There is the spiritual lie. Namely, that my possessions will make me happy and secure. You know, it seems like such an obvious lesson, doesn't it? But we all fall into this trap. What will make me happy and secure? Almost by instinct, we say some version of possessions. The reason I'm insecure is I don't have enough money. That's it. The reason I'm insecure is I don't have enough honors. I don't have enough titles. I don't have enough connections. I don't have enough political clout. Whatever it happens to be, we convince ourselves that the more we have, the happier we'll be. Well, it just is not true. Listen now to Jesus as he continues this parable. The Lord says to the rich man, You fool, for this night your life will be demanded of you. Mind you, your life. What's he talking about? Not what you have, but who you are. This night, your soul, your heart, your life, who you are will be required of you. Thus, Jesus says, it will be for all who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. Wow, there's the hinge, isn't it? There's the hinge. Thus it will be for all you who think your possessions will give you security, but remain poor in what matters to God. What matters to God is the quality of your heart, the quality of your soul. What matters to God is our character. What is it? What is it? I describe it this way. Your character is that heart which has been developing through a whole series of moral choices, either for or against love. Let me repeat that. Who you are, your soul, your heart, your character, it's what's been developing throughout your life through a whole series of moral choices, either for or against love. Think about it, friends. At every moment of the day, practically, we're faced with a choice. To love or to fall into self-absorption. Just go through your day. Do an examination of conscience. And think of all the moments during the day when you were faced with a choice. Either to love, to will the good of the other, or to fall into self-absorption, to defend yourself, to cling to yourself, to seek possession. John Paul II, Karl Wojtyla, in his moral uh, writings, talked about every moral act does two things. It produces some effect in the world and, and at the same time, it helps to create the one who performs it. It makes you the kind of person you are becoming. Does that make sense? So you do something. You choose, whether it's to love or to fall back in yourself. It's making you who you are. Now, with that in mind, let's glance at our second reading from Paul to the Colossians. Paul says, quote, Put to death, then, the parts of you that are earthly. What does he mean? He means the parts of you that are obsessed with the goods of this world. The parts of you that are obsessed with possessions and which are therefore resistant to love. He gets, in fact, very specific. Listen again. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, the greed that is idolatry. 
See, to be immoral, immorality, is to resist the path of love. To be impure, what does that mean? But to turn one's sexual energies in on oneself. To have evil desire is to want to harm another rather than to love him. To be idolatrous, Paul calls beautifully the greed that is idolatry. What is that? Is to honor as highest something other than love. Because love is what God is. Whenever I say, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Whenever I say, if I get enough of this, enough wealth, enough pleasure, enough power, I am committing what the Bible calls idolatry. I'm finding my ultimate joy in something less than love because love is what God is. Then Paul says, having taken off that old self, that earthly self, the self that Kohaleth got so much wisdom about at the end of his life, Paul says, put on a new one. Listen, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. There's the whole story. There's the heart of it. What God wants is to share his life with us so that we might become like him and reflect the wonder of his being. The old self, the earthly self, is the one obsessed with possessions, what I've got. The new self, Christ living in you, is the self-order to love. And Paul says when you've got that self, then you are renewed in the image of your creator. These readings are great this week. They all point to that question. Who are you? That matters infinitely more than what you have. Even though the world is telling us in a thousand ways what we have is the key question. It is not. Read Kohaleth on that again if you have any doubts. What matters is who you are. You must be someone conformed to the image of God. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.